Thank you, Brother Neil. Uh, <coughs> let me start uh, the sermon by asking one question. Uh, how does an empty shampoo sachet and a traffic gridlock relate to each other? How does an empty shampoo sachet relate to a traffic gridlock? I had this experience last Tuesday, no, because uh, when I came from an, came from a an engagement and uh, went and went uh, back home, I was greeted by a very very heavy traffic somewhere in Ayala that I had to uh, to turn around and uh, went to Mabolo just to get home, and upon and upon uh, uh, going to going to uh, the road. And when I reached uh, University of San Carlos, I saw some um, some uh, stones, rocks, and uh, trashes uh, along the road. And then I realized that uh, something came up before I went back home. That's a very heavy flooding on the streets of Cebu. And uh, it was caused by, uh, we all know that, uh, by overflowing drainage. Why is it that the drainage was overflowed? It's because of trash accumulation on the drainage line. and this thing happened not overnight, but it took days, months, and years. So, just a simple, ano, simple trash. Kanang puto sa kendi. Puto sa, ano, puto sa imong gikaon. Throw it uh, on the road. And then it, ano, it went to the drainage, it clogs the door, and then after a few years, the result or the effect came back to us. Common story, right? And, uh, uh, that's for the thing that, you know, that we observe and that's for the thing that we do uh, in our neighborhood. Yet, it also tells us the principle that uh, everybody does something right and our action actually affects others. Right? Uh, our current actions has its effect. Our future actions also has effect. And even the actions that we plan, the things that we plan to do, will have an effect not only to yourself but also to others. And this uh, uh, brings me to the question, have you ever done something where the people around you suffered the consequence? Just like uh, a man who gambled and lost his money that is supposed to be there and all their family's needs for the next 15 days because he wants to, and he wants to get more of, an, of the gambling proceeds that he expects to have. Or just like somebody who is, who is so irritated uh, when uh, looking for a parking spot, and uh, for some reason uh, there was uh, there was an uh, alter altercation uh, because of that traffic spot, and somebody killed a man over that traffic spot or parking spot. Or let us say, for example, an, uh, a spouse, a man, infected a spouse and his children with a very contagious disease because of an adulterous sex months before the marriage that he has. So it's just a, a one-night and a one-night action, but the consequence actually travels not only to him but to his spouse and also to his offspring. Or is there a sin where its effects were carried by your loved ones for the rest of their lives? Some might say, "Say hasiguro, oi, not me, wala ko Probably not, or not yet. So uh, our story today actually uh, is, is actually a story that reveals how the consequences of the action of the previous generation affects the current generation. And the story of Cain reveals how the consequences of Adam 
and Eve's sin affect the people around them. So let's read in a, let's read in verse uh, verses one to four. Eh? Uh, now Adam knew his new wife, knew Eve his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain, saying, "I have gotten a man with the help of the Lord." And again she bore his brother Abel. Now Abel was a keeper of the sheep, and Cain a worker of the ground. In the course of time, Cain brought to the Lord an offering of the fruit of the ground, and Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and their fat portions. So, uh, as we and uh, as we uh, know from uh, from uh, David's sermon of previous weeks, is that God has a purpose and design for His creation, and that uh, purpose is for procreation and also for uh, stewardship of the things that He has provided for Adam. And uh, when uh, when uh, they were uh, they were actually kicked out of the Garden of Eden, still they knew something or so many things about the instruction on how to relate relate to God and. Uh, from this and uh, from these uh, uh, verses, we also have an inkling or a glimpse that the children were taught the lesson uh, for regarding the demand for worship uh, towards God. Because uh, in the later part, we saw that they have made an offering to uh, the Creator God, and uh, that purpose and design was actually uh, not followed. In fact, it was uh, it was corrupted. Uh, the purpose was no longer uh, used to its intended, uh, no intended uh, uh, meaning. No, it's just like uh, it's just like uh, looking at the freezer. You saw an ice cream container, and instead of uh, looking at ice cream, is that niyano nakitaan? No, uh, for some men, we have this. Uh, we have this uh, deviating from the purpose of uh, what a thing should uh, should uh, function. Uh, when we are repairing something, uh, instead of using a hammer, kawale hammer pliers lang sa tak tak tak, no. Uh, for some reason, it ano it uh, somehow uh, work temporarily, but we all know that uh, that doesn't ano that doesn't mean it, if it work temporarily, it is the, on, the it is the way that it should be, no. So if uh, Borkain uh, that says I have gotten a man with the help of the Lord. And uh, that statement, I have gotten a man with the help of the Lord, is actually a statement of faith that somehow the promise in Genesis 3.15 was fulfilled through that offspring, Cain. That is why with the help of the Lord is an expression of faith that Eve actually expressed when uh, God actually gave Cain to him. And uh, he is actually expecting that through Cain, uh, the redemption that was promised uh, in the Garden of Eden, or after they were kicked out of the Garden of Eden, would soon materialize. Instead, it was pain and disappointment, as we have uh, read from you know, from the rest of the passages. No, nasa expectation nga, yes, God helped me, gave me an offspring, gave me some hope. Nakanina good mo nagini ang akong redemption, because. Uh, if we if we look at ano, if we look at the narrative, it doesn't say kung kanos asilagi kick out uh, Garden of Eden and how long are they waiting for that promised redemption? Of course, there's already that expectation yeah, because God is true. God will also do what He has promised. What He doesn't say is when. But Eve is so hopeful, is so ano, is so expecting that when Cain came into their family, this is it. 
And this gives us also the lesson about our path to sanctification and redemption. No? This is what we, uh, what we uh, knew as expectation and reality. We expect something that this is what would happen to us if we trust in God, yet the reality is quite different than what we expect. There are things that we choose to do, hoping that the result would also commiserate or, or would uh, actually complement the expectation that we want to achieve. And we pray to God, God, I'll do this because this is what I expect or what I hope to happen versus what actually happens in reality. No? And this is also, this is also a lesson that uh, sometimes our plan is different from God's plan. For some of you, mingon nga diligent ko ang ministry kay kapoy kana daghan kay nag mga labad sa ulo daghan tagaaway but what if god's plan is different from what you are thinking for some of us especially sa singles they expect na i trusted god i i i i have faith in him i followed him and i'm single for so long nagina siya kinang christian nga ano nga i hatag gid sa ko what if single blessedness is your lot in life? Expectation, reality. Or you want the comfort of this uh, room here, aircon? No, we have, uh, we have food every lunch. Yet you think uh, for the rest of your life that would be our, uh, no, your, your uh, daily routine or weekly routine or monthly routine. And then suddenly God would say, hey, China is waiting for you. So there's another uh, that uh, there's that uh, peculiar and uh, peculiar thing about what we expect coming from God because he has promised us something versus the reality that uh, he has given us in actual life and this gives us uh, gives us some tampering in our uh, in our hearts that maybe maybe we need to be patient and wait more rather than be aggressive in our uh, prayers from God Amen. So verse two also uh, uh, said that uh, Abel was also was also born. Uh, the Abel actually means breath or vanity, that name, and uh, it implies that you know, that uh, the birth of Abel actually gives the reality that life is actually short, and it could also mean that. Uh, because of, because of the fallen condition of Adam and Eve, it actually expresses Eve's discouragement about her fallen condition. And this is reflected actually with the curse or the, the pronouncement that you will have pain in childbearing. Imagine lang how many sons and daughters that actually Eve brought forth into the world. It doesn't say here that Cain and Abel was the first person children it could I know it could be possible that there's already a lot of children that were born prior to Cain and Abel and the pain of childbirth no uh, my wife doesn't want to have a child after my firstborn because of so much pain in delivering a 7.9 healthy normal delivery boy imagine that kind of pain that Eve would be experiencing so there's that I know there's that uh, discouragement about the uh, fallen condition of man and 
also that expectation that there's that redemption that would come soon. Yet, this story actually gives us that there's more about her disobedience than she did not anticipate. No, the, the expectation is that, uh, yes, God actually judged me and then punished me, pero okay ra siguro na, kaya na ko na. But there's more. Wait, Eve, there's more. There's a lesson on sin and consequence that we can actually gather from this passage. No? Uh, a principle is that we choose our sin, but we cannot choose its effect. Eve actually has, ano, has some idea nga, unta kotobraani ang ano, punishment, unta kotobra sa pain in childbearing, unta kotobra sa kinang difficulty in tilling the ground for Adam. Yet what we know, what we witness throughout this passage is that there's more that they actually experience and they did not anticipate it or they're not ready for its uh, effect on them. So we choose our sin, but we cannot choose its effect. We are in control of our action, but not its consequence. No? For, ano, for Adam and Eve, the consequence, uh, one consequence is that the fracture of the family. No, there's a quarrel between ano, between the, the, the children. It actually destroys friendships, friendships between siblings or friendships between church members. It could also result in the end of a career or a ministry. No, just a simple action, just like one pastor uh, in need of money, doesn't know what to do. And then he saw that there's money in church. I could use this for once. Ako lang ulian later on. And then there's another need. Kuha na to the point that he's already ano is already kanang buried in that ano in that situation. And then later on, what he realized is that the consequences are already coming back at him. One other thing about sin is that its appeal uh, is that uh, it's so appealing because the consequence doesn't appear immediately. Especially for habitual sins, no. Uh, there are so many things, or some things that uh, we we think and we do, you know, very harmless at first, but later on it actually eats us up, and to the point nga more grabi na siya, no. For example, too much time on your social media can give you a habit that would affect some of your spiritual disciplines. No? Prayer is only 5, 15 minutes. Facebook, uh, Instagram, 15 or 5 hours. Videos. We saw videos of uh, Paul Washer and uh, John Piper, 5, 3 to 5 minutes. And then the movies are 3 to 5 hours. The underlying reason for this is actually that uh, we focus too much on something else instead of Jesus. Now, in Cain's and in Cain's part, uh, he was focusing more on the best produce of his, uh, of his uh, uh, land or his, uh, his uh, uh, agricultural produce that he thought that he could actually gather this as a trophy and then ang the best lang yung ikip, the rest offer some somewhere else or he can offer it to God. Uh, 
and we see that and uh, we see that uh, this kinang uh, pattern of kinang doing some things harmless at first could become harmful later on in our spiritual walk in verse 4 it says here and the lord regard had regard for Ab Abel and his offering, but for Cain and his offering, he had no regard. So Cain was very angry and his face fell. The Lord said to Cain, why are you angry and why has your face fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? If you do not do well, sin is crouching at the door. Its desire is contrary to you, but you must rule over it. Cain spoke to Abel, his brother, and when they were in the field, Cain rose up against his brother Abel and killed him. What was the cause? It escalated quickly, right? As we read in our, as we read in the passage, from that and from that uh, non-acceptance of offering, a few words after that, there's murder. What was the cause? It was because of the lack of faith and the offering of sacrifice, not out of faith. In verse 3, it says there that he's offering uh, something that is compared to, uh, to Abel which says that, uh, that the fat of the flock which could actually mean that the best actually of his uh, uh, animals were offered uh, to God while him, it implies best produce. And it's a reflection of an attitude of the heart that what he's doing is not actually out of faith. Which gives us a lesson on, 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 uh, on one area in our Christian life, that God's acceptance of our gift is actually conditioned by our faith. So many things. Prayer. No? Sometimes we only pray because it is our duty. It has become so mechanical and so monotonous that we don't think that we have a relationship with the person or the man or the being that we are praying uh, to. Giving. Oh, man, hatag, Lord, okay na na siya. No? Even the time in attending church. And by the way, time in attending church does not equal salvation. No matter how many times you come to church on Sundays, no matter how many times you come to Bible studies, if that is not actually founded on the faith of the Creator and Savior that actually saves you from your sin, that is not equal to salvation. Or worse, worshiping God while angry with your brother in Christ. And for some of us, we, we, we experience this. No? Uh, there's just a little bit conflict. Not actually actual confrontational conflict, but you heard something said and you felt so bad that you already ano, uh, began to plan how to, ano, how to murder this person in your heart. And at the same time, you come to church and you sing, you pray, you listen to the sermon. God's acceptance of our gift is conditioned by our faith. Sometimes we bargain in our giving to God no? and demands that uh, God would recognize it because you have already given so much. Nag-sacrifice na juga. Lord, nihatag ba yung ko? Ani ni mong anong naingon? Ani pa manghihapon akong relationship? Right? Uh, 
you bargain your ano your giving your gift to God because you expect that your career would be prospering. And it's no longer ano it's no longer about faith but it's already on the principle nga nihatag man ko so muhatag po na siya nako balik. And that's one ano one underlying reason why Cain's uh, giving or yang sacrifice was not accepted. And one of ano, one of uh, the most common and common areas that we ano, we actually experience here that could hinder our uh, giving or our gift to God is actually the attitude of heart. Sometimes we resent other people in church because of some inequalities that we experience comparing to them. Anong sila kwan lagi kayo sila? Prosperous lagi kayo. Anong nindot kayo ng ilang relationship lagi? Ako wala. Nagsipakugulat wala lang yapon pero sila they're enjoying the relationship. And if you're not careful, actually it could result in resentment. It would resent you to the point that you become angry about ano, towards God nga. Lord, ano man eh. Dugay naman ta ko nag ano nimo nag uh, tuo nimo dugay naman ta ko nag trust nimo nga nang wala pa man gihapon ni and that resentment towards god or anger towards god or resentment towards other people it's a small slowly infecting disease that would rot your heart until a point na wala na gyud it would destroy you So in Matthew 5, it says there, 23 verse, uh, verse 20 to 24, So if you are offering your gift at the altar, and there, there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go. First be reconciled to your brother, and then come and offer your gift. That passage also says that uh, God actually confronted Cain for his anger. And God said, if you do not do well, Sin is crouching at the door. You must overrule it. Gives us, gives us an idea that sin, the nature of sin is actually demonic and destructive. It's just waiting there, waiting for an opening. That Peter actually addressed that when he said, 1 Peter 5, verse 8 said, Be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Resist him firm in your faith. So Cain actually, ano, Cain actually observed that Abel's, ano, Abel's sacrifice, while accepted, and his sacrifice is not accepted, There's already that something that is developing in his heart. No? The passage says how long. But we already know, or what we can, uh, we can uh, uh, read here is that there's a fruit that was produced because of Cain's sin. Or if we go back to Genesis 3, the fruit of Adam and this, uh, Eve's disobedience is that of hatred and murder. It was not instant i believe it took a long time probably uh, during the time that they give uh, their offering probably every year every six months cain was observing that uh, his gifts are not 
pleasurable uh, in the eyes of God, but he saw that ano man ni Abel grabe gid kay siya ano favor sa Ginoo. Unfair man ni. Pareha man ta mi anak ni Adam and Eve. It took time, probably years, and uh, lo and behold, the pronouncement of God that sin is crouching at the door has already entered and destroyed Cain. He did, he did not check his heart because an unchecked sinful desire will soon over our hearts. He was not careful. He was only focusing on himself. He's not focusing on God. He's not focusing on the things that he does. But he's focusing on that something that is already growing in his heart to the point that he has time for him to act on it. So Cain rose up, no? uh, the Bible said, or the passage said, and uh, uh, in, invited, uh, as he invited Abel to, to the field, he rose up and killed his brother. It is an indication that the act was premeditated, meaning he planned for it. So there's nobody that tempted him. There was no actually there's there's no tempter there. Just like unlike unlike Eve's case, uh, there was a serpent that is uh, keep on whispering to her. But for Cain, it was not uh, required to have a tempter because the sin is already inside his heart, and uh, its power was coming from within. And uh, it's like uh, no, it's like a perpetual engine that needs no fuel. No? Delete na na siya kinahalan if you will pa because it's already there. Self-perpetuating na siyang uh, uh, motion machine that it just waits for a time and it will actually uh, do its job. Verses 9 to 16. Then the Lord said to Cain, Where is Abel your brother? He said, I do not know. Am I my brother's keeper? And the Lord said, What have you done? The voice of your brother's blood is crying to me from the ground. And now you are cursed from the ground, which has opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. When you work the ground, it shall no longer yield to its strength, and you shall be fugitive and a wanderer of the earth. Cain said to the Lord, My punishment is greater than I can bear. Behold, you have driven me today away from the ground, and from the, your face I shall be hidden." I shall be a fugitive and a wanderer on the earth, and whoever finds me will kill me. Then the Lord said to him, Not so. If anyone kills Cain, vengeance shall be taken on him sevenfold. And the Lord put a mark on Cain, lest any who found him should attack him. Then Cain went away from the presence of the Lord and settled in the land of Nod, east of Eden. Am I my brother's keeper? Imagine that kind of response. The holy creator God is asking questions that he's already, you know, he's already aware or know the answer. Yet the response is, I do not know. Am I my brother's keeper? This is a word play actually in this, in this response because if you notice, Abel was, you know, was a shepherd or is a keeper of the flock. And because of that, he's actually a keeper of uh, the animals that is uh, that is under his care, and he's using that. Uh, no, he's using uh, Cain is using that actually to say nga. Why am I responsible for other people? Abel is not. Uh, no, is not 
part of my flock na. Meaning to, to say that ano, he's no longer part of my life. He's no longer part of my responsibility. It's a denial and refusal of sin and its consequences. No? And uh, this, ano, this response is being, ano, being used by so many sermons actually in, ano, in the Christendom that uh, uh, you can actually look at uh, so, many, ano, so many commentaries and also application. But there's one thing lang that I would like us to, ano, to uh, learn from this. No? The principle that uh, unregenerate hearts evades when confronted with their sin. No, first is he denies siya. I do not know. Am I my brother's keeper? Sometimes we minimize our sin. It's not serious. No? It's just a look. It's just a, kinang, ano, kinang, a, a greeting uh, harmless. Beautiful man siya. Guapo man siya. Ang believer tuod, pero wala man to. Harmless ra to. Or, for, for our society today, you minimize sin by calling it in another name. Women's rights. My body, my choice. You try to cover the sin because it's so gross that we package it with different kinds of language. It's just an affair. It's not adultery. Affair man to. So we, we are so good at uh, creating a new language or a new packaging for sin, hoping that, ano, hoping that uh, uh, people would accept it or at least would not be mindful of it. Another thing is that uh, uh, when an unregenerate heart is confronted with sin, it's the refusal to take responsibility for it. So there's no confession. When Cain was uh, confronted by God, he did not really say, so he Lord, I killed him. What was the response? I do not know. Am I my brother's keeper? Siya man good. Nindot man good iyang offering ako, bati kayo, so naglagot ko. Iyan tang sa akin, anong nihatag siya mas better kaysa ako ah. No? Siya manggod, gitrigger ko niya. Kibawa na ba siya ngayon ani jug ko? Iyadjug kong giano, iyadjug kong giprovoke. Kibawa gina siya nga kung inani gani ang sitwasyon. Kung naghilom gani ko nga kuan, kinang naginusara ko, di jug ko gustuan ng hilabtan ko. Hilabtan man jug ko. Ulbo ko. Siya manggod. And when we are already you know, in, the, in, in the corner because uh, we are no longer able to, uh, to defend ourselves, we apologize or we recognize, but not for, uh, not for the offense, but for bit, uh, getting caught. Huh? We think about more of the consequence. Instead of Thinking to be getting right with God, we think more of the consequence of sin, hoping that we will be, can be safer later on. And sometimes we bargain for lesser consequence. Yet there was a judgment and a judgment 
and God actually cursed Cain. He would be no longer be able to get produce from the land. This is the first time that instead of cursing the ground, the man was now being cursed by God. So he was pronounced to be a nomadic, which is a kind of life that is quite opposite to what he is doing. Rabbi, no? If you are good at something, like for example, if you are good with cars, and you make money, uh, things about cars, and then God would say, no, you are no longer allowed to do that. My pronouncement to you is a different thing. You can no longer practice your occupation. You could no longer get money from what you are good at. That's the physical effect. So he would be settled in uh, a nomadic life compared to a settled farming. No? And Cain said, your face would be hidden from me. And that's the worst. The spiritual effect as a consequence of the wrongdoing or the sin of man. So let's take a look at the real effects of sin based on this passage. So God said that uh, you would be taken out of this land and you will be a wanderer and fugitive of the earth. So first he would become a nomad. A nomad is somebody who has no rest, no comfort in the present. Number two, he would be a fugitive. A man whose who sin is hovering on his head has no safety in the future. Number three, he would be wandering. There's no uncertainty in life. The real, one of the real effects of sin is that there's no certainty of your destination. If your sin is found in you and you will be judged later on, wala gudnay certainty for your destination. You'll be left wandering throughout the rest of your life. Like James Taylor said, I've been wandering early and late from New York City to the Golden Gate. And it don't look like I'll ever stop my wandering. That's what sin uh, has its effect on people. And that's what happened to Cain. He did not repent of his sin. He excused himself and even, uh, even uh, complained about the consequences of his punishment. And look at the result. He has no comfort in the present, no safety in the future, and no certainty in destination. Not only that, uh, he was, uh, he was uh, actually fearing for his life. No? Uh, when when uh, God said, nga, uh, you will be, uh, no, you'll be uh, uh, going out, he said, nga, people would kill me. We assume that uh, this happens actually hundreds of years now from the time that uh, Adam and Eve was kicked out of the Garden of Eden. And at this time, there are already a lot of, uh, a lot of families formed. And there's already a tribe formed between, uh, between siblings to the point that there's already conflict between tribe and tribe. And when Cain actually killed uh, Abel, there's that anticipation that the offspring or the family of Cain or of Abel would get back and actually uh, get vengeance towards Cain and his family. Now, there's already hatred towards kings. There's already a conflict between families. Cain was not sorry for the act, but sorry for the consequences. And it's already a beginning of family fracture, and there's already that uh, beginnings of hatred and murder. Yet God, 
if you look at the passage, you can still see that God is so gracious and so merciful. He said, nobody can kill Cain. I would mark him for protection. We don't know what kind of protection is this. There might be a mark on his forehead or there might be a divine protection that uh, uh, God has uh, placed in, uh, in Cain that nobody can touch him or nobody can harm him. It's a promise of protection and preservation despite the punishment that he receive. And uh, just like any other good gifts that God has given, this tends to be abused. And it was actually abused by the descendants of Cain. When Lamech said, somebody ano, harm me, but if Cain was, ano, Cain was protected like this, I'm, I'm going to be protected some more. And he boasted about it. So, uh, although he was punished, there is still that grace and mercy that he did not receive the full consequences of his action. God is still so gracious. God is still so merciful. Yet, that temporal protection and God's comfort is, for some reason, lead to boasting instead of repentance. Romans 2.4 said that the gifts of God should, should compile you to repentance. So it gives, it gives me the call to those who are not yet in relation to Christ, to those who are not yet reconciled to Christ, to God, is that God has been so gracious to you still, but it's not a reason for you to stay in sin. For some of us, I don't know who you are. Say nga, dugay pabita ko matay, bata pa ko, papo ko kabo 30. For some reason nga, unya na lang kung ready ko, takan pa ko kasi kasuhan sa kong kinaboy, unya na nang ano, unya na nang reconciliation with God. Atten betagog church, that grace that God has been given you should compel you to examine yourself that why are you attending in this church and yet you are not reconciled to Christ yet. And for some of us who are believers who are already children of God, it is not also an excuse that God has, if, if God has you know, given you a lot of comfort and protection in your life today, but still living in sin, it's not an excuse to stay in that habitual sin. Di na pwede mo nga, siya gani o, sa una, wama gani na unsa, ako po siguro. Kung repent siya, repent lang po ko, pero wapaman siya, so, anya na lang po ko. No? We have that kind of, we have that kind of abusive attitude towards God's grace and mercy towards us. Asagad ta ba? And then, uh, before we knew it, it might be too late na. So in verses 17 to 26, it actually tells us that, ano, that uh, Cain uh, had a wife and uh, this is a genealogy of so many names that, ano, that uh, went to the name of Lamech, which has two wives. The, the, the narrative said that uh, Lamech, who is, uh, who is a descendant of Cain, actually acquired two wives. And also Cain, in verse, uh, in verse uh, 17, it says uh, here that he actually built a city and uh, after the name of his son, Enoch. So the punishment was to be a wonder of the earth. 
a fugitive. Yet he built a city. Just imagine that kind of unrepentant heart, no? Gidify pagyapon niya ang ginoo. Instead of becoming a wonder and a nomad, he built a city as a further defiance against God. And from here, if we look at the passage towards and you know, towards the end and to the next uh, chapters, this is actually the start of the development of the urban life, because uh, previously it was merely an agricultural life. And uh, here we see that there's already a kind of development of tools, no, and later on machines. And then there's a city. There's you know, there's a community that is built in that city, and uh, it continued to go to go on until this day. Now, we long for urbanism, we long for modernity. And for some of us, it's actually a hope that, ano, that uh, uh, if only mas nindot ako ang life, siguro mas nindot ako ang sanctification. If daghan na kugmani, diligid siguro ko ma-fall into temptation of greed, no? If I have a good relationship with, you know, with my partner, or if I could have that, you know, that partner that I've been longing for, siguro mas nindot ako ang walk with God. It did not work with Cain. And it would not work for us. Because the problem is not the external things that would happen to us, but what's going on inside our hearts. So, the fruit the first fruit of the sin of Adam and Eve is hatred and murder. Then the second fruit is actually the deviation from God's design for marriage and sex. In verse 19, Lamech had two wives. As we, as we go to the narrative of the scripture or to the overarching message of the Bible, it says that in the New Testament that uh, uh, having uh, a wife or marriage is only composed between one man and one woman. Not between one man and one, uh, not between one man and two women, not between two single people regarding sex and marriage, not between married to a different spouse or single and a married person. That's adultery. So God's prescription for marriage is actually one man and one woman. Yet we saw in Genesis chapter 4 palang. There's already a distortion and a corruption of that prescription or the standard of uh, marriage. And this is repeated actually throughout the Bible. Now Genesis 2 verse 24 or in Matthew 19, Ephesians 5, it says there, Therefore a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife and they shall become one flesh. Uh, that's God's prescription for marriage. God's prescription for sex is that it is within marriage. Hebrews 13.4 said, Let marriage be held in honor among all, and let the marriage bed be undefiled, for God will judge the sexually immoral and adulterous. In Ephesians 5, Paul said, But fornication, let it not be once named among you. Why am I mentioning this? Sige, makabalik-balik, bro, eh. Mura makabroken record. Kapuya, this life. Sex lang per me, kanyang deviations lang per me. Wakapul, eh, anak. Some people might think about it. But if you think it carefully, sin causes us to be forgetful and numb. 
spiritually. And the Bible is repeating it. Sige, nagbalik-balik in the Old Testament, in the New Testament. So, if you say, sige, kagbalik-balik, broken record na ka, can you say that also to God? Lord, broken record naman ka, oy, sige, kagbalik-balik. Not so. The reason for this is that the Bible actually records that the result of deviation is a project on a nuclear family founded on marriage and sex. David, Jacob, Abraham, the kings. Today, the LGBT movement, the trans activism, soon pedophilia would be a norm, even allowed. We already heard of a new phrases like polyamorous relationship. And we also heard some redefinition of relationships such as self-partnered. And if we are not uh, careful and if we are not uh, aware of the standard that God has been setting with regards to marriage and sex, we will succumb to this. We will actually accept this and we would not speak against it because the culture is so strong right now that even if you are so firm with your conviction, they will actually go against or uh, look after you. So we get back to the original. It was already, it was already violated and it's being violated again and again. But we have a different kind of standards, right? When they say that, when they say that it's just, it's just, uh, a freedom of expression towards the body. No, we, we don't uh, we don't do that. When they say it's just an affair, we say it's adultery. When they say it's the uh, no, it's a women's choice, we say it's murder. So the passage actually uh, mentioned again that uh, there's an, uh, there's a genealogy between Cain and the uh, Lamech, and then also there's also a passage there that says uh, Adam knew his wife again and he born a son Seth, and Seth uh, was the father of Enosh and then uh, so on and so forth. So Cain and Lamech actually represents the future generation that characterized the increasing wickedness of mankind. It, from that line actually came murder, from that line came actually uh, bigamy uh, sexual and uh, sexual immorality. There's that murder. There's that arrogance. There's that pride. And uh, you can say nga grabe naman dahi dino. Pormero palanggani. The first four chapters palanggani. Grabe naman dahi ang ano. Grabe naman dahi ang salain effect uh, of uh, Adam and Eve's sin. But the story doesn't end there. No. Through Seth, as the end of the passage says, people began to call upon the name of. Yahweh. We can see the a glimmer of hope that God is already working to fulfill his promise to restore his purpose and design of his creation. No? Uh, that uh, statement that people began to call upon the name of the Lord or Yahweh is actually the first and you know, the first uh, instance that you know, that uh, uh, the covenant name Yahweh was mentioned. In chapter four was the first and uh, was the first statement 
that Yahweh was mentioned. So, what does that mean? So, ito sa mga anak. Did they, ano, did they really, ano, did they really kinang, uh, uh, do the right things uh, accurately? It doesn't say there. But uh, most, ano, most uh, scholars and uh, uh, historians said that it is possibly a public worship calling on God without knowing the full significance of the covenant name until the time of Moses. It was a preparation for the time that when Moses came, the time of Moses came, God would reveal himself fully as a covenant-making God. Yet there's already a glimpse of that. There's already an introduction to that that God has prepared for mankind. So, even though there's already that uh, tragic effect or the fruit of uh, uh, the fall that we see and we heard here, still that's not the end of the story because God is already working. And he worked that through the line of Seth. Which gives us the idea that uh, God actually uh, gave us and uh, gave us some sort of an idea that knowledge of God is very, very important during a passage. And it is the knowledge of God that is more important than the knowledge about God. No? Uh, for, for, for some or for many of us, Jesus is a savior. Jesus is, ano, is actually uh, paying for the sin. God is, ano, God is so holy. God is so righteous. But do we really know what that means? Do we really know what it's like to be facing a holy God? Do we really know what it's like to have our self facing a holy God and us imperfect and righteous, sinful, uh, wretched human beings? Only if you if we realize that kind of knowledge that we should have, Yahweh would not be a covenant name that we can use towards God. Thus, we have our uh, new covenant church statement of faith in order for us to know who God is, to, know how, to, to give us a knowledge of, about who God is really. Because salvation involves not just calling upon the name of the Lord. No? The Bible said that those who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Yes, that's true. But do you know what that Lord is? That Lord means covenant-making God. That Lord has an attribute. He has a lot of char- he has characters that we need to know. And Calling upon the name of the Lord also implies knowing the condition of the one who is calling upon that name. That is why we have a new covenant uh, manual that we actually teach to people who would like to know more about this. Because salvation is a very important thing. We all know that. And uh, that only makes sense for us when we come here and then offer our time, offer our praise, offer our everything to God, and with that kind of knowledge, we would be uh, actually in the line of path of that plan of redemption that God has been storing for us. So, uh, Seth and Enos represents the generation that God will use to redeem mankind. So, Adam knew his wife, and Seth, Enos, 
in that genealogy, if you, if you look at it in the book of Luke, that goes very, very far to the generation when Christ came and be born in Bethlehem. Luke chapter 3, verse 23-28 is a genealogy that describes that Christ is actually the one that came from the line of Seth, which is the fulfillment of the promise in Genesis 3.15 that Christ would soon come and crush the head of the serpent and redeem mankind. It's not uh, uh, the time that uh, Eve expected, but the Bible said in the fullness of time, in the fullness of time, God became man and he was like, became flesh and live like one of us. So how do we, uh, no, what, are, what is our conclusion for this? Number one is that our sins affect the people around us. And it's, uh, it's, it's uh, something that we tend to forget. No, Our sin has an immediate effect and our sin also has a future effect. Sometimes we rest and we rest uh, in the idea nga what may nahitabo pa sa atong gibuhat karon even if we know that it's actually wrong because wala pa may ano wala pa may effect you will never know because the future is still there and remember we cannot control the consequence of our sin. Number 2 small sins will lead or accumulate to bigger sins. Cain's disobedience was just a small sin then it became anger and it became hatred and then it became murder. Just like one of us, men, especially men, porn, you're harmless. But it leads to aggravating habits that soon will destroy your relationship or even destroy the idea of what marriage is and what sex or what is a spouse is. Another thing, small sins like discontentment or impatience could result to ungodly desire, to compromise, even to an equally yoked relationship. And I, I give this warning to the singles, no? Those who are not yet in, in, in marriage. Sometimes, our desire to get a spouse, a partner in life, just like if we expect na kana dayon, and then God has other plans. Not this year, not probably two years from now, but probably in the future. And you become discontented, you become so impatient that you think of ways na ma-fulfill na siya outside of God's restrictions. And that desire will give forth to sin, as James said, and that sin will lead to death. It's a warning. Of course, there's a warning for married people also. But I would like to give this warning specifically to the singles there are so many temptations around you. I know that. I'm aware of that. And uh, many attempts could happen to disrupt your, you know, your conviction and your devotion to God that would tempt you to actually deviate from God's plan. But that small caving in to that temptation could lead to bigger things. And I want you to be careful about it. Number three, your unrepentant sin will soon find you. Maningil ni later. Just like a small trash of shampoo, it leads to clog drainage. An iron does not rust right away when exposed to air. It takes days, months, 
and years and then it will rot even a strong and a strong and heavy object like a rock a hard object like a rock constantly drip with water every second every minute would soon crack and if you are still living in that habitual sin time will come if you do not repent it will soon find you maningil gyud ni later Number four, sin gives consequence far greater than you expect. Adam and Eve experienced the unexpected horror and pain for the murder of their son, the fracture of family relations, and the immoralities that followed throughout their descendants. No? Kitsa may mag-expect, Anna. They were in the garden. Although they were, Anna, they were already kicked out, but they still eat some fruits. They could still eat the animals. They could still have fellowship with one another. They have children. It seems okay lang. And then when the sin has given its, you know, its fruit, they realize how foolish of me to eat that fruit in the first place. Harmless fruit. Just a suggestion. And we do not realize the, you know, the, the result actually. No? Uh, you will realize we will realize it only when it's too late. It's like ano, it's like uh, during the time we landa nga kita niyo sa news. Ah, grabe ang uh, tragedy no. Compared to you are there and your house was destroyed, your your uh, livelihood was destroyed, your families are dead. You would not realize it until you were there. If you are there sitting on your couch and then watching the news, all those distractions. Doesn't, and it doesn't affect you that much. But go to Leite at the time. And you will, you know, you will uh, see the big or the real picture of what destruction is about. Philippines is, you know, Philippines is uh, uh, visited by storms so many times. And uh, for some of us, Naka-experience taga may rakayang storm or kinang hinerakayo. No? Sin can actually bring a storm of trouble in our life. Somebody would tell you, an elder or a, a, a fellow believer, nga ayaw lagi anak, padayo na buhat ni mo, kay grabe kayong effect anak. You're not in the storm, so you, don't, you, won't, ano, you won't listen unless the storm would come and you're in the middle of it then you realize, grabe man ito akong gibuhat. Sayok man gita ito. And uh, with that, ano, with that uh, lesson, uh, let's go back to the, ano, to the uh, previous thing that I mentioned that uh, okay lang kung ikaw may ma-affected, Anna, but it will affect the people around you and it can create a scar to the people close to you throughout the rest of their lives. So what should we do? Of course, we have to be very careful. No, uh, the lesson, no, no, the lesson in uh, Genesis four is actually not only a reminder, but somehow also a wake-up call for some of us who are not careful with our devotion and our faith. We tend to, we tend to go easy, lang, because everything is going fine. Somehow, there's that ano, creeping in habits, creeping in temptations and sin. Nga, ano, nga, we sometimes entertain lang sa una, ginagmay karon, 
ano na nakagrabid naman nakadaghan naman nakatsud naman 5 minutes naman to akong tan-aw karon 2 hours naman akong keep up oy Ya mura na mag ano mura na mag affected naman akong prayer No, I say this as a joke, but it could be true. No? Those are harmless things. And if God said to Cain that sin is crouching at the door and it's just waiting to devour, we all the more be very careful with what we do with our Christian life. Is it easy? Of course not. Kaya na to na? Kita lang usa? Of course not. We can do it on our own. But as God actually provided a way from the time of Seth to the time that Christ came to become like one of us, he sympathizes with our weaknesses. The ironic thing about the temptation in the Garden of Eden and Christ's temptation in the wilderness for 40 days is that in the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve was tempted out of abundance and they fell in the wilderness Christ was tempted out of lack and he was victorious and that victory is available for us that if Christ was able to be victorious with sin and temptation even if there's lack of food lack of ano, lack of uh, honor and glory How much more for us when he gives us his Holy Spirit in order for us to be strong in terms of the time of temptation and for sin to tempt us to do things that he doesn't allow. It's not easy, of course, but this is, this is why we are here. We want to help one another, right? And uh, help. let us remember that, you know, that uh, the lesson that uh, uh, we Uh, have from Adam and Eve is going to be uh, in our consciousness fresh every moment of our day so that we would not commit it uh, and suffer the consequence that uh, we will not anticipate or we will not uh, endure. So, uh, never entertain the desires of sin. Do not flirt with sin because it will seduce you. Do not play with sin because it will defeat you. And do not underestimate the power of sin. It will destroy you. Let us cling to Christ and let us be victorious with him because he has already given the power us in terms of life and godliness. He gives everything. And for those who are, for those people who are not yet sure about their relationship with Christ, I want you to know, I want you to take and review the message that we have here. There's a curse that needs to be removed from your life. And that curse is still with, in there. It's, it's there. It's staying there. And from time to time, it will, know, it will be like a lion that, know, that devours you. You need redemption. Christ provided for that, know, for that uh, way. And if you want to know more about that, talk to the elders, talk to the members. I want you to be reconciled to God. Going to church may be helpful, but may not be enough. All right? Let us pray.